is up, everybody? This is Matt Hewitt, host of Into the Friar Ramblings from the Kitchen. Welcome. A couple of quick things before we get started today. I wanted to announce some exciting new stuff that we have going on. I finally got everything up on Twitter. You can find us at at FriarPod. Pardon the redundancy, but that's at F-R-Y-E-R-P-O-D on the old Twitter box. The other thing that we've done is I started a little bit of a blog. Right now, currently, it's a WordPress blog, but pretty soon, in the next little while, we'll have a website registered and a domain, and then it will be my own little blog. So currently, you can find that at wordpress.intothefriarpodcast.com. And in addition to that, we started a web uh, a page on Facebook, Into the Friar Ramblings from the Kitchen. You can search for it on Facebook. We have a fan page. I'll be linking all of those things together so that you can go to your Facebook or you can go to your Twitter. You can get whatever you need, new episodes. Also remember that you can find us on what you call it, not what you call it. It's called Spotify. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple uh, I, uh, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on pretty much any major platform where you will find a podcast. I love doing this. I'm having a blast. I want to thank everyone for participating, for reaching out, for all the interaction, all the feedback, good, bad, and different, whether you like it, whether you want to tell me to go to hell, whatever it is. I appreciate it because what we're doing here as we as we grow and evolve, as I grow and evolve this thing, is I'm creating a community for people to come and just listen to what it's like to be a chef, what people go through, the chef, the, the stories of everyday people, the stories of me, uh, my struggles, my trials and tribulations, my victories. You know, it, it, it's about creating community and creating dialogue and creating something that's interactive for everybody. I hope that you get something out of it. I hope that you enjoy it. And I also want to tell you that while I do this thing for fun and I do it for free, if you want to uh, contribute, if you want to be a donor, you can go to the, the show notes on, uh, on any of those major platforms. You can look up. There's a, there should be a link to click if you want to donate to the show and, and uh, you know, have, ha have fun with it. Uh, show me that, you, that you're really listening and really caring. <laughs> you don't have to donate to show me that you care. But uh, I just wanted to let you know that it's out there for you. In any case, um, we have some really cool stuff happening over the next few weeks, uh, the next month. And I hope that you all stay tuned and stay, um, stay alive and uh, stay listening. Peace. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Into the Friar Ramblings from the Kitchen podcast. My name is Matt Hewitt. I am your host. Today's episode is pretty damn cool, I have to say. Uh, the guy that I interviewed, his name is Justin Solberg. He's the chef and owner of a pretty damn cool place in Salt Lake City called Nomad Eatery. And Justin and I uh, met maybe eight months ago or so, and uh, he's been a chef for, or in the restaurant business for about 22 years, and just a fantastic guy. We, we've kind of forged a friendship over the, over the course of the last uh, 
few months and uh, just a fascinating, fascinating story. Um, he's got, you know, he, he, he has a great philosophy. He's, he's, um, he's a chef chef, if you know what I mean. He's a, he's a, a line dog and a, and a, and a culinary badass. He has a great philosophy and, and just an overall good guy. I hope that you enjoy this episode and I want to tell you, thank you for listening. And here we are, Justin Solberg. Good morning. Hey. There we go. <laughs> How about that? Technology, sometimes it's great and sometimes it just is more frustrating than it needs to be. Right. Amazing when it works, terrible when it doesn't. <laughs> and hence the society that we live in. Could be, that could be that could be kind of a that could be kind of a um something that could apply to many things. Amazing <laughs> yeah, right? when it works. Amazing <laughs> when it works, terrible when it doesn't. <laughs> So, Thanks, Steve thank Jobs. You. Yes, you got it. My pleasure. Anytime. He is reincarnate. <laughs> oh, you were just saying thanks, Steve Jobs, for creating. <laughs> Never mind. How's, how's it going this morning, bud? Pretty good. Just uh, you know, a day off. So that's that's always enjoyable. Nice. Well, I wanna I wanna thank you first and foremost for uh, spending some of that time with me today. Absolutely. It's, it's my it's my pleasure to have you on. Um, I'm just going to give a little background to for some people so that they can get to know you just a little bit. Yeah. For my for the four listeners that we have. <laughs> um, so you and I met uh, maybe like eight months ago, nine months ago. Um, Justin, uh, I, I'm in sales, and and Justin happened to be happens to be one of my one of my customers, but. Uh, we've kind of developed a little bit of a friendship over the over the course of time. We like to shoot the shit and hang out in the kitchen and uh, have lunch. I'll go and have lunch at his restaurant, Nomad Eatery, in Salt Lake. And um, just we've kind of developed a rapport. Really interesting guy, and uh, we're gonna take it away. Yeah. So, so first things first. How did you end up? the owner of your own restaurant. Like, take me back to take me back to the beginning and how how you uh how you got into culinary. I mean everyone's story behind it is just so interesting. So how did, how did you get started working in kitchens and and to where you are now? Yeah, well I grew up in Boise, Idaho and at 15 my mom was like get a job. So <clears throat> I had to pay for my extracurricular activities on my own. Being the, okay. being the the uh, self uh, self producing child that I was, so I had to uh, go get a job, and I got a job at a pizza place, um, making pizza dough uh, in the mornings uh, on the weekends. Um, and twenty years later, here I am, still making pizza dough. Um, but uh, from there, you know, from I just always worked in restaurants in high school. Uh, uh, went to one year of college on a soccer scholarship at what is now UVU. Um, it was, oh, awesome. Yeah, it was UVSC back then. Um, decided that uh, going to school was not for me. <laughs> so... Uh, went back into restaurants, uh, ended up working for 
uh, a chef in Boise on and off for about seven years. Um, and in between those times, I decided to go to culinary school in Manhattan. Um, I went to the French Culinary Institute. Um, and then from there, I moved back to Utah um, and worked at uh, the Sundance Resort for a season before moving back to Boise to help open that same chef open another restaurant in Eagle, Idaho. Uh, and then kind of tooled around Boise for four or five years and then moved out to Chicago for a year uh, where I worked with uh, a great chef named Perry Hendricks, who just so happened to work at the Metropolitan here in Salt Lake City when it was up and up and about where Valters is now. Um, okay. And then uh, from Chicago, I moved to Provo to help my cousin who owns uh, quite a few restaurants in Provo. Um, uh, I was the chef at one of his restaurants called Communal, um, where we kind of took it from, it was kind of a uh, fine dining uh, kind of, uh, you know, a special occasion only kind of a place when I got there and we kind of changed the format to, uh, kind of like loud raucous music to share plates and, um, you know, a true, what I thought something named communal should be. Um, sure. Uh, so did that and then moved up to Salt Lake a year later and worked at places like Pago, um, a restaurant called Bistro 222, um, Cafe Niche, and then I landed at Avenues Proper, where I was there for three years, I think, um, opening up Proper mm -hmm. Burger for them. Uh, left there, went to HSL for six months, and then opened up Pizza Nono as a consultant. Uh, and then, you know, in that time, found some poor sap that wanted to give me some money and uh <laughs> and uh we opened up nomad uh last last year uh just the week before thanksgiving so it's almost been a full year so that's a a quick quick rundown of my my like i said started cooking when i was 15 the only only job i've ever had and i'm 37 now so that's 22 years of 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 grinding Amazing. away so it's a, it's a it, i feel like it's about time so <laughs> nice nice i i always admire you know i just um i always admire people that that are able to to do that like someone that's able to you know go to college or culinary school and get a uh you know complete something and then and then like kind of just i never was able to to um make that leap of like making it out on my own as my own concept. I just got in my, you know, I get in my head and like, like start thinking, Oh, holy shit, I can't do this. And then be overwhelmed. But, but if I always had, you know, like I, I think you and I have talked about when I was the, uh, uh, with the Irish pub group, the second place I, I was part owner and, and I just, I had to, I had to tap out after like, like nine months I, it was just so overwhelming just being a managing partner i can't I'm, i mean i can't imagine i mean i can but 
at that time in life, I didn't have the intestinal fortitude to like stick it out. And, and I always, I'm always, just I always have such admiration for for people that do so. Man, a freaking props to you. Yeah, I don't. That's, I don't, that's a quite quiet. I, I don't know whether I'm I'm like dumb enough not to realize that it's really hard work, or if I'm just used to it. I don't. It's like I don't really know. It's like it's like I said. It's all I've ever known, and I think Nomad's the seventh restaurant that I've opened. Um, you know, three of those right. being from blueprints and a dirt floor, you know, up. So it wasn't it wasn't too new, but you know, I think the struggle at Nomad is is that I'm the I'm the office clerk, I'm the front of the house manager, I'm the Mister Fix It handyman, I you know mow the lawn, I you know, and I work a station every every shift. So um, I think I'm right. just too busy to realize that. If I had more time to myself, I'd I'd probably freak out. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- there's that because staying staying busy. I mean, and like you know, having to r- running the daily operations is is definitely a huge part of it. I think too. But uh, for those of you that are wondering, Justin is not stupid at all. He's <laughs> freaking highly highly intelligent and and very. Very intriguing. Where a little self-deprecation uh, seems like seems like chefs in general or people of our our because uh, we're we're kind of I mean I'm only a few years older yeah. than you and like our generation we we tend to like kind of eschew the the successes that we have and like yeah I just you know I I listen to a lot of different podcasts and and it's the same I I hear a lot of the same story like like I was listening to something the other day and it was the founder of this uh management software program called Mm -hmm. Basecamp and he was like he's like when I was in high school I just used to cut out I used to get these ninja he's like my you know like right around our age he's like my, I, I used to get these ninja catalogs to my house and then i would take the ninja catalogs and i'd cut them out <laughs> make my own catalog and photocopy and give it to my friend you know like like he's like i just was kind of just yeah you know and then i mean the guy's like a fucking billionaire and like you know he's like i just kept kept making the catalog over and over i don't know uh, you know it's like obviously you're highly intelligent to have gotten to where you are with a lot of drive. yeah so it's, that's, it's, that's it's been good and i think know, our generation awesome. you know I mean, you, you know, you working in restaurants with younger, a younger generation. And, and I think we're the last bit of just put your head down, shut up and work. Um, you know, we, yeah. we didn't come up with the, you know, I mean, I was thinking the other day of, you know, what looking, you know, walking into my kitchen and everyone's on their phone, you know, and it's just like, what what are we like i'm you know coming up in the kitchen at me you know i mean you'd get you'd get shit thrown at you like that you know that's that doesn't it doesn't oh, yeah. fly anymore but um you know like i said put your head down shut up learn work and i i, I don't i try and instill that in my cooks that you know every day there's something to to pick up and and you know go faster you know that's that's my big thing is all right you know making pizza dough took you 47 minutes today. That means tomorrow it needs to take you 46, you know? And I think, I think that that just is kind of gone by the wayside where, you know, work isn't, isn't 
people complain about it. It's like it, if it was fun, it would be called fun. It's it's work because it's work, you know. And 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 I think that's where, what got you and I to where we are. You know, it's is that you know like this is this is it. This is what we do. You know, and 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 the daily grind to me doesn't seem all that hard. Um, I mean, there's days where it is for sure. Um, but you look at the younger generation and I think in, you know, a Monday afternoon at three 30 and they look like it, it's, you know, Saturday night after getting rocked on the line, you know, and you're like, you've been here for like four hours, buddy. And they're already like looking around to see what, where they can go to hide out or, you know, I gotta go to the bathroom and oh, yeah. for 15, 20 minutes. And so it's, it's, oh, there's, it's, in, it's just an interesting the older I get and I don't I don't sometimes I don't feel old but I, then I say my age and I'm like wow 37 you're you're getting there buddy but you know to like I said to look at what what I can do for the for the younger people coming up is just is just they got to realize that that it's 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 just work work is work yeah yeah I um it's funny because I mean, I, I've had the the just absolute dumb luck of like getting to know some some chefs that that are pretty high profile, mm-hmm. um, and like I look at at them and I'm like, how do you stay in the game? Yeah. That like like I'm like, God damn man, like 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 how do you stay in the game that long? Like you know, obviously they're getting, you know, these chefs are getting older and they're not working the line all the time, but put them on the line and they're just as badass or more so than like any of the best line cooks. Cause I, I always had that thing where like when I was, you know, the executive chef, even at, even at my last restaurant that I, the last restaurant group that I was working at, like, like it took me a little bit of time to reacclimate myself to the line, to get, to be close to where my best line oh, yeah, cooks absolutely. were because they're doing, they're doing it for like 10 hours a day, you know, five days a week or sometimes longer than that. And it's funny. You, you, so I see these, I see that, you know, like my sister worked for, for two chefs for a long time. She was a controller for a border mm-hmm. grill, which is uh, Mary Sue Milliken and yeah, Susan yeah. Feniger. And like, it just, it just so happened. Like, like I got to, you know, like I was coming of age and there was just this, this they were small enough to where they were accessible and like we became friends you know i just reached out to susan the other day and was like hey you want to you know i'm taking a flyer and i'm like hey you want to come on the podcast and she's like (laughs) sure and i was like what (laughs) holy fuck but but (laughs) you know like i i I think i peed a little bit when when i got the return message but but it's one of those things of like like i look at, at at those you know like like they were doing some event in, in Las Vegas recently and like Charlie Palmer and like people that have been in the game for fucking ever. And you're like, Holy crap. You've got it. You like the way that I did it. And you know, you could probably be the same, but the way that I did it, there's no fucking way I would be like in my mid fifties, like tooling around in the kitchen. Like I would be dead, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I just don't know how, I don't know how, how, no, for yeah, sure. I, I, I still like tell all my cooks every day if it's like if I'm 55, 60 and still freaking playing grab ass and making terrible jokes, 
and at trying to act like I'm 17, like I'm in deep, I'm in deep trouble. So like, just, like, you know, like that's just, that's, you know, but it's all I've ever known. And I think you get, you know, and, and, and the older I get, you know, that old mantra of like, Oh, you know, we're line cooks. It's just what we do. We just, you know, we drink hard, we party, and then we go to work hungover and just like kill it. It's like, you know, I'm, I, I take care of myself like a little, I'd like to think a little bit better than, than what I used to, but you know, also that, you know, as you get older, you know, working smarter, not harder as always comes into, into play. You know, I, I always tell my, <clears throat> my line cooks, it's like, you know, I, I want to stand in one spot and just turn around. That's all I want to do. I don't, I want to set myself up for success to where I like, you know, the, the dinner service is like the easiest thing to do. You know, you just, you just put yeah. stuff, you know, you're just turning around in circles. That's all I want to do. I want to be the laziest person at dinner service. Like I'll rush around all day, but at dinner service, I don't want to move. Like maybe to go get a, maybe to go yeah. get a beer and I can, now that I'm the owner, I can like drink during shift and, and in the open and not care, but <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, you know that's that's my thing. You know, is and, and and I I hope you know that I I'm still doing this. You know, at, at 55 and and cruising around. I've always told myself too. You know, once maybe 60, 65, go you know go teach at a culinary school or something, and still because I love what I do. You know, I love being in the kitchen. I love the camaraderie. I love the you know the absolute just you know nobody cares about what is said or or what what is done. You know, it's kind of the last you know, kind of pirate's life, you know? Um, and, and I, I enjoy it. You know, I, I think of myself in an office and I would last all of two minutes, you know, it'd be, it's like putting Michael Scott from the office into an office these days. Like he would just not fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I, for me, it was like, I, uh, I knew that I wasn't, I mean, just, I'm like, I'm not going to open my own place. And like I, at, at where I was at, a cro- I was at that crossroads. It's like, you kind of, like, I made a choice. I was like, do I want to have, you know, for me, I was like, cause I do restaurants and everything mm-hmm. else, like just everything else is done. Like it's like, like the, I, I, I mean, you and I have talked about like, I've been sober yeah. 11 years and I, you know, like, and I just like it, I'm like, like the addictive behavior with restaurants is like, it becomes, it becomes crack yeah. to me or heroin or no, whatever, absolutely. you know, like the, it becomes that thing that every, even like, you know, my, my wife over the last course of the last year is like telling me like, you, you got to remember, like, it's, it's just been me, you know, like uh, having issues with my son and stuff. And she's like, you got to remember, it's just been me for like, a good part, yeah. <laughs> a good part of the last you know yeah, however you many knew. years and i'm like oh yeah <laughs> fuck i'm like well it doesn't seem like it to me <laughs> yeah. but you know but uh i was there every night but for that 15 um, minutes before yeah, i we was, went to bed that was it that was i thought that was good enough <laughs> yeah i saw i saw him for an hour in the middle of the day yeah. and you know um but it, it's it's that thing of like i i couldn't like i was like okay well i need to and I, I get antsy behind behind the desk. It's really funny. I was talking to my talking to my uh, my boss the other day, and I'm like, 
he, he at the begin he's like I want you to be uncomfortable like being in the office and and for a lot of the time I do like I try to find a balance of like okay be in be there to be a team member and pitch in and do what I need to do but then like like I lo- I like to get behind the wheel and I'll put my headphones in and I'll make I'll start making my yeah. calls because I'm not thinking about like the I'm not thinking about the phone I'm not yeah exactly <laughs> it's really weird no for sure but like but like being being in the office like i'm like okay well i need to interact with people i I get to talk to chefs i get i get enough of the of of that like ambient Mm -hmm. energy of the restaurant and then i'm like okay now i get to go unwind and like i I never had separation before and 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 i'm sure and you you have a you have a a, a, a yeah he's a 12 year old he lives up in idaho but um you know we you know he every probably every other day at you know 345 you know he calls and you know that's my like sit down and and kind of chill time and and you know talk about like what a 12 year old does which is these days is pretty crazy from what I was doing at 12 but um you know it's it's nice to like take that that mid-afternoon moment to kind of just like reset yourself and and realize that you know there's other things besides making sure that the that the guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing and that, you know, like I said, I I was a very intense person and an intense chef, you know, and I have a reputation in town for, uh, you know, not necessarily yelling, but like, you know, getting what I want. And I think that has attributed to a lot of my success though, is, is seeing things that need to be done before they, before anybody else sees them, you know, and, and like I said, being able to shut it off midday and, and kind of, you know, like you said, you have a family too. And, and that midday kind of like lull of, all right, there's other things going on, but this is, this is more important, you know, right now is, is a big thing. And, and I think, you know, for me to open my own place, you know, was a, was a big revelation I had a few years ago, which was just like, I can't, I had a hard time working for other people's dreams you know um i had a a vision of what i always thought needed to be done in restaurants and and it always didn't match uh the owner's thoughts you know and and uh i think for me like my own place um is it it was a must you know I, i don't think i would i don't know if i would find an owner that would let me just be the chef but let me handle a lot of a lot of things i i i worked you know the chef i worked for that that was my biggest mentor in boise you know i mean he had to the restaurant's music built into his station on the line um you know he took care of everything we hand wiped the floors we you know we really as cooks you saw how a chef runs the whole restaurant um we didn't need a front of house manager we didn't need you know, we didn't need, you know, a sommelier, you know, he bought all the wine. He, you know, he did all that stuff. And, and in the end it drove him crazy and, and he had to get out, you know, it was a little bit too much, but, um, uh, you know, I, did, I needed that, that freedom to kind of do what I pleased, you know, and, and, and not necessarily in that kind of like snotty way, but in a way that I've worked in 20 restaurants from fine dining to fast casual pizza joints to, you know, bars and, and I've done all. And I, and I just think that in my mind, I, I have 
a way that I want to do. The only way to get that done was to open my own place. And, and uh, like I said, thank goodness I, I found my investor and, and he just leaves me alone, which, <laughs> which is very nice. <laughs> that's, you know, that's awesome. That is really awesome. I, re- I remember um, I, I have a couple of things that I, I'm going to share a little story. And then I have a couple of things that I want to circle yeah. back to. Cause I, I thought you said a, I, there was a few points in that just last little bit of conversation that were awesome. But I remember when we, when we opened up the first pub. Um, so it was to a guy that I've been friends with since like junior high, who's one of mm-hmm. my best friends. And then he, he bought in, he came, he was like entrepreneurial from, I think I told you about going back to his dad's funeral in Long Beach a while back. And his dad was like fucking Forrest Gump. Yeah. Like, you know, just, I mean, the dad was like, so I didn't know like how, then it started to make sense about how my friend got to be the way he was, but totally entrepreneurial. He ended up buying in like in his twenties to a a bar that uh, one of his old bosses owned and then met this other Irish guy. Anyway, the Irish guy, Dave and my buddy, Eric, they at one point they were like, screw this. Like, we have a different vision of what we want to do. Kind of like what you're saying. And they, and they you know, approached me in, and I came in mm-hmm. on it. It was really interesting to see how they set up the, the partnership because they had, they had not just one investor. They had like 50 yeah. investors. Like they had to raise a tremendous amount of capital to do what they wanted mm-hmm. to do. But they, they were like, they're like, hey, we're, we're, we're 51% and all of you other however many people are yeah so really really you guys don't have shit to say about how like we would get people you know like it's really funny and i'm i don't know if you've ever dealt you may have i'm guessing at some point in your 22 years you have like a like a restaurant that you're working at and, and investors will come in and they'll be like like this used to happen to me regularly because we had a they had an open door policy but people would come in and be like well you you should do this and i think you guys need to change this and you're like holy fuck what i remember being in new jersey opening up a pub in bordentown new jersey and like one of the it was like we had a management contract with the two guys they took our you know these two guys and they took our concept and then they were like novice novice Mm -hmm. guys and they had they like i remember one time an investor walked in and we had just been open for like a month and this investor walked into the kitchen and he's like starts to tell me stuff and i'm like excuse me yeah exactly get the fuck get the fuck out of my kitchen right now before i throw something at you and he was like well i'm I'm like i don't give a fuck who you are get out like you don't belong here and if you need to say something talk to your talk to the guys you know, like, like to, uh, I was like, you don't have any right to say it. Yeah. guy. Get out. And he was like, holy shit. And so I went to the guys afterwards and uh, the two guys, uh, forget their names, uh, Mike and uh, uh, I forget the other guy's name. Anyway, I was like, dude, they're like, well, we, he wants to work here. And I was like, oh, yeah, hell no. no. That's going to be the worst <laughs> thing for, that's the worst thing that you guys yeah. can do is let one of your investors like work. Um, but anyway, Going back to what you were talking about, I just, it, you, like, my mind just kind of bounces no, around, so you have to forgive me. <laughs> but, um, so, a couple of things. Do, when, when you were talking about 
you have a vision, you had a vision and, and wanted to, um, there's a, uh, something that you wanted to convey that you didn't feel like you would being just the chef. So did you, like, one, do you feel like you have, like, are you conveying the message that you want to right now? Like, is your, is your, has your vision come to fruition with Nomad is the first No, I, I, th- I think yeah. so. I think, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, we, oh, like I said, I came from fine dining. It's all, you know, I've, I've obviously have had done other things that aren't fine dining, but, um, you know, that was, that was kind of how I cut my teeth and, and spent a lot of years in fine dining kitchens and the, the more I, I eat out and things like that, you know, I, I, I enjoy the fast casual aspect. Um, I don't want to spend two and a half hours at a restaurant, probably because I spend 65 hours at a restaurant already. Um, you know, but, um, right. I think at Nomad and I think what we do really well and, you know, and, you know, to be honest, we just got a Yelp review this morning that was, that was, you know, really great that, you know, people walk in, they feel super comfortable um, the staff is super friendly. Um, the kitchen's really clean, uh, you know, and the, the service is that the, anybody even mentions that there is service um, at the restaurant is really great. Um, my staff does a great job of, you know, we don't just run, run your food off it and leave. You know, we do refill your waters. We're happy to get you silverware and napkins and plates. And, you know, I mean, you've been in numerous times and seen, um, you know, yeah. granted, you know, my staff probably sees me shooting the shit with you and they kind of leave you alone a little bit more than they probably should. But, um, you know, uh, I think, I think we're, we're right in the middle. And I tell all my staff that, that, you know, our goal is to be people come in and they see it's a number and they're like, Oh, they're just going to like set it down. But we want to do just a little bit extra to make it feel like, you know, you are taken care of, you know, that, you know, have the time to sit and chat you up at the table and and answer any questions and but we our staff also understands that there's times where we need to leave you alone and you know and I think that's different from going to any other fast casual place in town um Spitz even Stevens uh you know Freshies Lobster and all that kind of stuff is that you know we do we, you know, we, we just elevate it and I hate that word, but it's elevated just a little bit more than what you'd expect. And I think that's what, you know, right. even from the moment you walk in the door, you're like, Oh, it's just this unassuming white building out in meth country out by the airport, you know, <laughs> um, and, and you walk in and it's like, you know, it's, it, it's, it instantly puts you somewhere else. Um, and and like I said, the the vibe of the restaurant is is everything that I wanted from the music to, you know, how we designed it out and the open kitchen and you know, it, it's just it's just great. Like I I I don't think things could have gone better except for maybe the location. <laughs> well, but I mean, it's a des- you you get like like you. I look at I look at Red Iguana as another you know like fuck man like you're out on this weird part of North yeah. Temple, and but and, and you get people like I mean it seems like the the name the word is has gotten out and like like I've walked in on a Monday and you know seen line out the door I've walked in on a 
uh, Thursday, and you know, it it just seems like you're you're like built. You've you've built up a tremendous amount of momentum, and um, you know, you get people. You were telling me like you get people that are like on their way to the airport or coming back from the airport, and then you have like that little business area. I mean, yeah, we get hey, man, we get just, a, a huge it's one of those. mix, and I think that's what's what's awesome too is, you know, you know, it's it's comfortable enough, you know, for people to come out on a date night and still feel kind of you know like it's you know intimate and special but then you also get the business guys that just come in for like a quick lunch um you know we have one guy that not even kidding you he eats there four days a week like it and he eats the same wedge salad with turkey on it and he's there all the time and 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 he doesn't really want to like chat with you he gets his stuff out and he and he does his thing and he leaves but like he's there Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Like, I don't know what he does on Wednesdays, but, um, you know, and then also you can get, you get families. You get, day yeah, off. Right? you get families, you get business <laughs> people, you get airport people, you get hotel people. We have a lot of flight attendants. We have a lot of flight crew. We have, um, you know, and everyone feels comfortable there. I think there's a little, and, and that's my yeah. thing is there is a little bit for everybody, you know, pizzas, sandwiches, salads, wings, side, you know, like, that was my vision is, is something that, you know, I mean, that old adage of like capture the market, you know what I mean? Like, what can you do to, to get as many people interested in the door? You know, obviously fine dining is one thing, you know, but the price point puts people, a lot of people out, you know, and then there's, you know, just different styles of food, you know, just sandwiches, just, you know, Mexican, just fish, you know, it's like, what can we do to, to have fun on our end, you know, which is doing a lot of different things, um, but also be able to capture a large amount of the market. And I think we've done it from area to having a bar to having the, you know, the big communal tables, but also having uh, the, you know, single two seat tables, you know, so, um, you know, it, it all came, you know, thank God, because I, I and, you know, now that I look back and it's been a year and I look back on on how <clears throat> designing the place came around and, and I did, you know, large majority of it myself. And, you know, I, I think I just did it area by area, not thinking of the whole thing as a whole. So thank God it like it panned wow. out. <laughs> well, as long, as long as the kitchen is efficient, you can exactly, exactly. As long as there's somewhere for them to sit, I could care less, but as long as the kitchen's pretty manageable, I'm good to go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So the other the other part you were talking about was was the, your um, the other thing I want to come back to is that you were talking about the um, your chef mentor. Mm-hmm. So so I have I have a similar experience and and I I always thought like man if you just let like the back of the house like dictate how everything works it will be so much more beneficial because we're operating like, like I always was like telling my staff, my kitchen staff, I'm like, okay, you know how you make the best decision? Just think about the guests. Yeah. That's it. Like if you're operating, like if you're operating with the best guests, you know, the guest best interest in mind, you can never go wrong. Even if you, yeah, absolutely. Out. Like, like, you know, or like, Hey, steps of service or like, Hey, you know, like, like, in the fine dining, you're controlling so much. Um, but how, how did, you know, you, you met 
the mentor that you're talking about is the gentleman you started working for when you were 15. Uh, right? I, I was I was 18. Yeah. Okay. So you had the you had the place where you're making the pizza dough separate, and then you yeah, and then and then just guy. randomly met this guy. I was uh, I was actually not working in kitchen time. I was um, bussing tables at a restaurant called Shots Steaks and Chops, and uh, he had just. He was the chef there, and he was uh, just leaving there um, to open up his own restaurant. And uh, I was just about to start at Boise State University in their culinary program. And he was like, you need to quit. He's like, that's stupid. That's the dumbest thing you're ever going to do. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, just come come work for me. I was like, oh, cool, man. Like, you need, you need some kitchen help? He's like, yeah, I need a dishwasher. And I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> So I, I, uh, he opened up, he was 23 at the time and he opened up, oh, yeah, wow. he, uh, he just graduated from the CIA in New York and uh, he opened up a 30 seat, 30 seats inside in a 20 seat patio restaurant with an open kitchen. Um, and I dishwashed there for six months on salary, doubles six days a week for $23,000 a year. Holy crap, but at eight, so, well, okay, let's take a look at that, 18 years old, $23,000. It was enough to buy a decent amount of drugs and alcohol, and, <laughs> and like, maybe a new, yeah. a new t-shirt every once in a while, but, like, I, you know, it was the first time I'd really gotten hands into, into a lot of stuff, you know, and, and like I said, dishwashed for yeah. six months straight, and. And I mean, he, like you said, I mean, he was the chef and he ran the whole restaurant from, I mean, every place I ever worked with him at. Um, and that's where I, you know, I learned a, a lot of things from him. Like I said, we, I mean, he was, a, he was a madman. Um, I mean, ripping oven doors off, throwing whole plates of food. Um, I mean, the Gordon Ramsay of Boise, Idaho. You know, but just the nicest guy right, when it came right. down to it. At the end of his shift, you know, I mean, he would like purposely, purposely forget to cook stuff just to throw like a wrench in everybody's night. Like he'd be like, you guys are already up on table six. I haven't even started that. And you're like, it's been like 35 minutes, man. Like, what do you, like, you're the best cook here. Like, there's no way you forgot. Like, you're like, he would just do shit on purpose <laughs> and then he would scream at everybody. And then everybody would put their heads down and like just just bang out as hard as you could. And at the end of the night, he was the first one to go get you a beer and just start laughing about it. And you're like, you are freaking crazy. But I have never in my life had better restaurant memories, good and bad, than working with that guy. You know, I mean, we I, I mean, the amount of plates that I've put out next to that human is is unreal and you know i'm I'm sure you've been in this too where you find someone that you work with that you know what they're thinking without even talking you know you know what they need they know what you need you know you're handing each other plates or sharing tongs you're sliding over pots of sauce and and nothing is being said um you know right. it, it's it sounds it's like oh it's a beautiful dance but it's like you get into it and and you know and and it is, you know, and that's what draws me to it is that just that, you know, it's something that's very difficult. And my mom still asks me today, 
you know, how do you guys put out so much food and on time and all together? And, you know, I, I don't see it as like baffling, but some people absolutely see it as just like, holy cow, like what is going on here? You know? And, well, you know, I think, like I said, love the guy to death. I still talk to him probably two or three times a month, but I literally got fired from that job after working for him for seven years on and off for seven years for wearing my kitchen shoes out into the dining room to go to the bathroom like just before we opened like you weren't allowed once it was mopped the dining room floor until service started you weren't allowed to walk on it in your kitchen shoes you had to take your shoes off and walk in your socks like that's how crazy this guy was just batshit crazy but taught me so many lessons you know you know and that was the biggest thing that still sticks to me today is the floor I'm OCD about the floor. That to me is, is who you are as a cook is how dirty the floor is around you. You know, do you, are you just wiping right. crap off the floor? You know, it's not a trash can, you know, that's what he would always tell everybody. The floor is not a trash can. It's not a trash can. It's not a trash can, you know, and, and, yeah. but those little things made me who I am today. You know, granted uh, there was a lot of yelling and screaming and drilling them into me. But, um, you know, you got to find those people and, and kind of cling on to them. I, I think, you know, in this day and age, too, like I said, this generation, you know, everything's about money. And you see it a lot in Salt Lake. You know, a new restaurant's about to open and a swarm of cooks leave restaurants to go start at the new place because they're offering 25 cents more an hour. Oh, you know, it is. It is. The just the labor pool. I mean, I I feel that because it was it, when I when I was at uh, when I was at my last place, man. It was like you just you get mediocre, half-assed jobs, and the fact that they're just like breathing and willing to show yeah. up and like put you know they're like, well, I deserve more, and I'm like, you you don't deserve you know yeah. like, you're like holy crap, and then you have to like balance the fact that like like we would have these weekly meetings with like my my kitchen managers and and the owners and, and they're like well what's what we're we're paying so much overtime and i'm like yes <laughs> i understand that but you do you want i'm like okay here's here's the here's the thing the people that are out there right now are virtually unemployed yeah like it's it's the it like and not you know like they just don't have any skills like i can't even get like if i found someone that could like show up regularly as a dishwasher Oh my God. I could take one of my dishwashers who like, you know, like I could take one of my dishwashers and make him a line cook. But so now we're paying like this guy that started at seven o'clock in the morning and he worked till three and then he took a two hour break and then came back at freaking five o'clock and then worked till freaking 11 and he cleaned the kitchen. Yeah. yeah I'll take that guy every oh, yeah. time and I'll and pay him the, however much overtime he fucking wants. Like, that's how I feel. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I'm, I'm extremely lucky yeah. at Nomad that I have, you know, just in my kitchen crew, I have probably, I think I only have six, six employees in the kitchen and five of those employees mm-hmm. I've worked with on and off for years here in Salt Lake City. Um, so yeah. I do have people that, you know, they still see that, that like, oh, the, the value of learning something from someone and sticking around and um you know what not that and i pay to be honest i pay extremely well out at nomad um 
you know, we've both been in this business for a long time. We both know that you can get taken advantage of really quickly. Um, and yeah. that living paycheck to paycheck sucks. Um, and so I pay, you know, we pool tips at Nomad um, so that I can pay a higher wage um, hourly to my employees. You know, a front of the house job just ringing in food, which would be an eight to nine dollar an hour job at Proper Burger or McDonald's. You know, they're getting paid twelve yeah. to thirteen dollars an hour to do. My line cooks are getting paid fourteen to seventeen dollars an hour because, and me as a chef this is the least i've been paid in the seven years i've been in salt lake because i feel the need to keep people and the and let's be honest money talks you know and yeah um, Yeah. but in that same aspect whenever i i offer the higher wage it's like this is you know these are my expectations you know and i think i think i've been in you know there are a few handful of people in Salt Lake city that, that see that as, you know, as some good that I've done, you know, and, and um, you know, I've definitely uh, burned my fair share of bridges here, but I think a lot of, of chefs and cooks that really know me know that I care about my employees and, and their well being their personal life as well as, as in their professional life that I want to see them succeed. I want to see them move on, but it irks me to the nth degree when those young kids are like, well, it's 50 cents more an hour over here. So are you going to pay me more or, I'm gonna, or am I going to leave? And it's like, you know, A, yeah. the, just that attitude right off the bat. I'm like, adios. You know, do you think you're yeah, really, get out. Yeah, you really going to learn more over there than what you're doing here? And if you do, then that's fine. And, and I'm not going to stop you. But, um, you know, I've had a lot, of, a lot of cooks that leave to go do something and then six months later, they're like, I never should have left. And it's like, well, you know, no, no harm, no foul. But and I'm not saying that I'm like the world's greatest teacher or, or, you know, you need to stick with me to, to get anything out of life. Or any, and I don't have all the answers, but um, that's how I grew up. Like I said, I worked for someone for seven years, you know, and that guy could take a pile of dog shit and make it into something that you fucking wanted to pay money for. And <laughs> And that's, that's what I've learned in my life. You know, that guy, and, and we have different styles now. You know, I'm, I'm very simple, and I want four or five things on a plate or on a sandwich and, or on a pizza, even, you know, whatever it is, even on fine dining. Like, yeah. that's all I want. This guy will put a hundred things on a plate, you know, and he's, you know, yeah. it's, it's beet powder with some orange paint and, you know, fig leather and you know, all this stuff. And you're like, holy crap, you know, it's, I mean, it is amazing what the amount he can get done in a day, um, you know, but in the end, you know, I'm very simplistic, um, take your time on, on a few things and make them really great. And I think that's what sets us apart um, at, at Nomad as well, is I think you can really tell that, you know, we think things through all the way. And I think that's, you know, that's a big thing. You know, you sold us some brats the other day you know, for Oktoberfest and, and I probably, I mean, yeah. we probably ate 10 of those just trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And in the end, it wasn't really mind boggling, you know, it's just, you know, we, I couldn't get the sauerkraut right. You know, I made a couple batches and I was just like, eh, it doesn't really, with the mustard, it just didn't really go to get, you know, but we think things all the way through, you know, from, you know, yeah. chips on a sandwich for crunch or, you know, which pickle needs to go on something. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's what makes, 
nomad. And I think you can tell from just, just from walking in, but also from the food that that's the kind of approach that we take. No, I, I, I that I had that freaking sandwich that the brought the other day and it was fucking delicious, man. I got to tell you, like, like one of the things that I've always, you know, my, and my wife is from, she was born and raised in Provo and, and like, we would go out to eat every once in a while and I'd be like, God damn, like, like, like I'd walk away and I'm like, fuck, they just, like, like they just missed yeah. it. Like, like, like the, like the chefs are like, like, I understand, like, you know, we, ha- in our office, we'll have these conversations because I-, I work with uh, Trevor. Trevor was a chef for yeah, a while. Yeah. And, and, uh, and we, he always is like, I, he, we, we talk about sweets. We talk about like fucking pastries mm-hmm. and like donuts and all this, whatever. And he's like, I just wish that people would learn to use some fucking salt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like it's, you know, and, and my wife, my wife and I were out to dinner last night uh, up in Park City and, and like exceptional meal. Um, uh, but it was one of those things like, like we got to the end of the meal. We went to Tupelo and, mm-hmm. and have you ever been eaten there? No, really I have, great. but one of my cooks really nice. works there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Matt, the chef. Anyway, we'll, t- we'll talk about, but the really great, nice meal, but we got to the end and we, we ordered like, um, a pot de creme and, mm-hmm. and like a chocolate brownie with some chocolate ice cream and like, like you dig into the freaking, freaking, ba- let's just call it what it is, fucking chocolate pudding. Yeah. You dig into the chocolate pudding <laughs> and like, <laughs> like you taste it and you're like, oh, this is just like, I'm not going to say like, oh, perfection, but like you tasted it and you're like, ooh, bitter. Yeah. You know, like there's sweetness, but you're like, oh man, that bitterness is just freaking where it's at. You know, like, like the, you know, talk about people doing it right. And that's what, that's what I think you guys do out there is like, like I'm, I'm more of your, I've been on that one side where we didn't have, we didn't do all the powders and all that kind of shit, but like a fried garnish for this. And then, Oh, I need some gremolata on that Osabuco. And then we're going to do this other side of garnish and then a fucking some fried parsnips on top. And you're like, yeah. Oh, that's really nice. But as I, as I've progressed, I've gone towards what, you kind of say like when I was in the kitchen is like, man, like my vision, when I had, when I had kind of a vision of a restaurant and then I walked into yours and I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was like, there was, you know, I was like, I don't know if this would be feasible, but I would, I would want a pizza oven and like a place to bake bread. And then like a, like a eight foot flat top and like four fryers. Yeah. And, and really like, I don't need much else. Cause, and then I would have like, three proteins or four proteins and then I would make I would if I know how to make bread and I know how to make pizza dough I can figure out how to make fucking tortillas and then just repeat those like four items <laughs> in pizza you know sandwich taco burrito whatever yeah. you know like like just keep it so simple and like have have these ingredients and just do them fucking awesome yeah like and, and, and have you, uh, you've traveled in Europe or been to Italy or, I, I, you know, I, any I kind of European. I've just been working, man. It's always working. I don't get time to travel. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, so I, I uh, in, in 2000, I, I had been working for one of my, my first job, my first executive chef job in, in like, in, I think I went to my boss in like 1999 and I was like, on this date, in 2000, I'm going to leave mm-hmm. for two months. 
I said, you can do whatever the hell you want. I will set up the restaurant to be successful. You can either fire me or you can say, take a vacation. I said, but I haven't taken a vacation in five years. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fucking leaving. And I did, I, you know, like, so, so, I, but, but like that philosophy of like anywhere that I went in Europe, you'd never find more than like three ingredients on a pizza. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, like sauce, cheese, and then like, you'd have like some, and it's, you know, super, I just, I think that it's, I don't even say minimalistic, but, but they're, they're using really good ingredients most of the time. And like, you just let it fucking stand on its own, like with, with, you know, slightly, you know, just tweaking it a little bit here and there, but, but like salt and heat and like, no, for sure. Things that, yeah, I, I think, you know, you know, now with, you know, TV shows like chef's table and, you know, and all the cookbooks that are available now and, and everything looks so pretty and, um, you know, that old adage of like, yeah, let's do this as a garnish. And it's like, well, you know, and, and at Avenues proper, we did this quite a bit of like, well, what does it bring to the plate? Like, is it just there for color? Is it just that, you know what I mean? Like you have to think about that kind of stuff. And I, I think where I'm at now, it's, it's nice where I don't have to think about a garnish. Like, yeah, fuck me. Like, I don't like, I don't need a garnish. Like it, it's it, like just that word you know well it needs a garnish it's like why why does it just need something to make it look pretty it should be pretty already you know and and i think that's you know the younger cooks definitely you know have this you know they think everything needs you know lack of a better word flair you know it needs to you know where's the spherification where's the you know where's all this this gobbledygook and and i think what you said you know my big thing is execution you know if it's not seasoned right if it's not you know, I, I, I've eaten it at places here in town and you're like, I'm sure the first one the chef made that everybody tasted was amazing. You know, it had the, it had Malden on it and you know, it was taken, you know, he took four hours to plate the thing and it was amazing. But then how does that relate to, um, a line cook producing 42 of them in a night, you know, are they all going to look like that? If they can't all look like that. You know, and, and the chef, I, the chef I grew up with, you know, the ment- my mentor, like we would run into the same things like, dude, it's yeah, that's super awesome. You know, if you can make beet into leather and, you know, and do all this stuff and, you know, and it, it's beets, but it actually tastes like a candy cane. You know, it's like, you yeah, know, <laughs> in the end, it's like if you can't just season the thing and cook it properly in the beginning, then what, you know, then you're just, you know, you're just covering it in, in garbage. Lipstick on a pig. Yeah. Lipstick on a pig. Exactly. So I, I, you know, that's what we, like I said, I grew up coming up of, of, of the basics, you know, are, are drilled into you and, you know, in the French culinary Institute where I went to school, um, you're in the kitchen every day. You know, I didn't come out with a degree, you know, but I didn't have to take any English classes. I didn't have to take any math classes. I was in the kitchen every day learning yeah. how to braise a lamb shank, you know, learning how to break down fish, learning how to sear a piece of tuna, you know, all the way, you know, sear it correct. You know, the, all these things, you know, where they beat it into your head that mm-hmm. these are the five styles of cooking, you know, five ways you cook. Like these are the mother sauces. This is this. And from here, it's a foundation to build on you know, and, and, and those are the cookbooks. I, I, I love looking at crazy, you know, the, 
El Bulli cookbook set that's $650. It's like amazing to look through, but not yeah. once does it make me hungry. Um, not once does it, does it, you know, it inspires me to get into the kitchen and to create something. But I think when, you know, that's on a day-to-day basis at Nomad, we create things that like make us hungry, you know, whether it's, yeah. you know, the, you know, the brat with the house made sauerkraut or it's like the disgusting sloppy French fries covered in Turkey gravy and American cheese and bacon. And it's like, man, that just makes me hungry. And that's, that's what I go for these days is just grubby food. You know, we all go out to eat and, and they want you to think about it. They want you to see how the flavors meld and, and contrast and, but in the end, most of the time, I just want to sit down, eat something, and then look down at my plate and realize it's all gone and want more. I yeah. have to think about how things, how, how it, it paired with wine and whatever. It's like, I'll drink a freaking Pacifico with anything. I don't care if it goes with it or not. It's tasty. Like, that's what I care about. <laughs> lime, lime or no lime? Oh, lime. Always lime. You got to have that, you gotta have that acid. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you want to keep going? Yeah, I'm we're, good. we're about, a, we're about an hour in. Do you want to, do you want to continue yeah, I'm, on I'm this just, conversation for a little just bit? Just sitting here in my living room with no one home. So it's like the greatest day ever. <laughs> nice. I've, I've already gone through a pot of coffee. So we're, we're, uh, that's a good thing. Um, so tell me about like, tell me about, you and I have talked about Chicago, but where, I mean, and, and obviously you have your mentor, but like, where did you feel like you started to, to develop this, this style that we've just kind of been talking about of like, I just want to make something and fucking. Um, it was, I kind of started in Chicago. Um, I worked for a chef named Perry Hendricks, who's now the chef of an amazing restaurant called Avec in, in Chicago. Um, we were at, um, it was called Custom House Tavern um, when I worked with him. And then after I left, he got the, the job at Avec, um, which is a part of a great restaurant group um, with Blackbird, Big Star Tacos, the Publican, Publican Anchor. Um, you know, he's, he's an amazing chef, but he was definitely the, the guy that toned, toned the, the uh, inner attitude that I had. Um, mm-hmm. you know, of, of always being on edge. Um, he was a very quiet, calm person. I did see him throw one full plate of uh, duck confit risotto at someone, but that's only because they served the whole thigh bone in it for some reason. Um, so it came back and, and he just chucked it against the wall. So that was one thing. But no, he was very calm and he was very restrained in, in even recipes you know you look at some chefs like sean brock and you know comes to mind where you know you're like just looking at his like barbecue spice rub and there's 32 things in it you know and you're like holy cow you know he was very three or four things to a plate um those three or four things are taken care of extremely well um you know you do those things perfectly you know and then i got uh to communal and really kind of um they kind of gave me free reign um, over the menu. Like I said, we changed the style of, of service at communal um, from like kind of hoity toity 
classical music being played to like really loud rock. Um, like I said, large plates, small, small plates, everything shared. Um, and I kind of did away with the, you know, the entrees weren't that, that typical, um, starch, vegetable sauce, garnish protein kind of a thing. It was like, Oh, you know, we would, we would receive three whole pigs a month at communal and it was our, Mm -hmm. our job to work our way through three whole pigs in a month. You know, so it's like what goes really well with shoulder. Oh, we'll like braise it down in salsa verde. And, you know, and then you can just serve stuff that's just delicious. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to go by that form of, okay, well, now it needs a garnish. And, you know, what's the starch on this? And then, well, it needs some vegetables. It's like, no, this is just how it is. And it's good, you know. And, and I think I really kind of came into my own there um, as far as just, um, you know, <clears throat> fewer ingredients spend more time on those few ingredients, making them great. Um, you know, and then I kind of filtered back into fine dining up here in, in Salt Lake. Um, but, uh, and then was kind of doing pubby stuff up at avenues proper. Um, but then, you know, I think you can kind of see my, my stamp on pizza. No, no, as far as like his vegetable sides and his salads, you know, one's just literally arugula radishes and lemon vinaigrette and some grana. Um, Grano Padana. So it's just, you know, what's, you know, very simplistic, um, easy things to eat, easy things to explain to people. Um, But I, like I said, Chicago was a big eye opener to me to work. I was, you know, I'd had a ton of line experience. I would been a chef at places. I thought it was going to be really easy to get a job. Um, You know, it wasn't hard by any means, but, um, but people definitely thought I would come in with a chip on my shoulder and I didn't really want to learn. Um, you know, but, um, Perry was, was very, very kind. And, you know, like I said, you know, every day he tasted through everybody's stuff, you know, he, he was very, you know, what I learned from him too, as far as employee interactions going, which is like shoulder to shoulder, never yell, never let other, a bunch of people know what you're talking about to another cook. You know, if you have an issue shoulder to shoulder, let them know what's going on, let them know what you need from them and then go about your business. You know, he was, he was a really good person to work for. Um, and again, like I said, just, you know, he, we would come up with specials and we would talk about things and you'd always question as far as like, well, what, like, what's the purpose of that? Like, what, why do you need the pepitas on the plate? Like, what, what are they doing? You know, it's all oh, in the dish. Yeah. What are you going to do with them? Oh, I'm just going to toast them. He's like, you're just going to toast some pepitas and put them on a plate. You're like, uh, yeah, and he's like, no, that's dumb. But in a really kind way, in a really yeah, it was kind, kind way. That sometimes he would yeah. call you dumb, um, and sometimes you needed to hear it, you know. But um, like you said, he was a very kind person, and, and I think from there, I just, you know, I, I've I've had a couple people tell me that I've kind of, um, you know, well, isn't that just the easy way to go? Is to only put three or four things on a plate. You know, like, why don't you work harder and and do a few more things like this? You know, same thing. Some, you know, investor rolls in. It's like, I think this just needs more things. And it's like, well, what's the point of more things, you know? And, and, uh, you know, Perry taught me also that, you know, that this is a business, you know, that you're not going to keep your job if you don't make money. Um, You know, there's only so much pizzazz that can be that can be extruded out from someone. And if they're not making money, 
you got to go, you know? And so, yeah. um, you know, I, 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 like, so I've had a few, a few investors come up and ask why things are so simple and why can't we do more? Why don't they look like this? And, you know, and in the end, yeah, it's a business and more things mean more money, more things mean more labor. Um, yeah. but also, you know, my, my thing, simplicity, you know, it's, it doesn't need to be, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I think, you know, jeans from Levi's are just as good as jeans from Ralph Lauren. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the same stinking thing, you know, to a yeah. point, you know, it doesn't need to have all that flair and that, and that pizzazz. And I think, you know, like I said, focusing on the, on the, on the, on being restrained, I think is sometimes harder than, than just going all out. You're... I was I was thinking about I had I had a one time I I mean I I've it's really funny because like we haven't had I, I mean I I listen to your stories and I listen to like your experiences and our experiences have been completely different but our thought processes and like the mentality is so similar it's, yeah and absolutely. I I've found this like I I've like talked to. I have a good friend. The first interview I did for the podcast is a friend of mine named Eric Nice Warner, and um, and he he like he he like we're like hey, I, his wife is like a couple years younger than me from school, like and known her for a long time, and then like he and I didn't work together very long, but like we've we've like developed this friendship, and I didn't even, there was anyway, roundabout. So he, he, he'll like contact me and be like, man, you know, he'll like listen to one of the interviews or whatever. And he's like, it's just amazing. Like how like, like all of us are so similar in like you, if you achieve to a certain level of being a chef, like where you're the executive chef of a, of a restaurant or you've been in the game for a little while, like your mentality starts to like, I, I was laughing when you were talking. I was trying to be quiet about it, but <laughs> when when you were talking about the investor coming in and going, "Hey, why don't you put a three? Or I used to have servers that would would do that to me. And well, like, hey, why don't we do this? And I look at them and I go, "Hey, here's an idea. When you're the fucking chef here, you can do whatever the hell you want." I always tell until people then that. we play. Yeah, the, whenever. Yeah, we play the same. I mean, you've been in a bunch of times. We play the same playlist. It has like 130 songs on it. But we yeah. play the same playlist every day. And I constantly have people, can we just put something else on? It's like, hey, as soon as it says your name out on the front, you can play whatever <laughs> music you want. But it took me 22 years to be able to play whatever music I want, and this is it. And I constantly tell them, yeah. like, hey, you know, your, your Christmas bonus is going to be the playlist on a CD. Like, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> like, that's, that's what you get. It's going to be a box set. It's going to be four discs, and you're going to be able to listen to this for the rest of your life. <laughs> yes. There you go. Just tell me the songs that you want, and we'll, we'll burn it. Oh, you get all them. of them. There's no pick or choose. Like, well, on, on, a, on a day that I feel really nice, we'll occasionally delete some songs off the playlist that are unanimously decided upon but that's only if i'm feeling really nice which is rare so <laughs> yeah the um and then you know it's funny because like like i i've had i you know to the the that like as i got older so i've had like i had like three 
kind of phases in my career. One was like the young guy that got the opportunity and then was so grateful for the opportunity. I, I like worked my ass off and like taught everybody like as much as I could or not as much as I could. I'm, let me rephrase that. As much as I wanted them to know <laughs> so that they, because I was in like, but I was a good, like I would, I would do, Hey, we're doing this because, and here's the reasoning behind it. Well, that's but the, I that's always, the biggest thing is the reason why. There's a lot of yeah. douchebags that can just tell you to do stuff, but if they don't give you the why. Yeah, you say douchebag and I'm holding up my hand. That was me. <laughs> I was that douchebag too. But like, so I went... thing, and, and that's the biggest thing that I, that, that sparks a huge thing for me is, is you have to tell these people why. Like, hey, yeah. I need you to, you know, like our zucchini pickles. Hey, man, I need you to slice all the pickles, slice all the onions, and then salt them and let them sit for an hour. And if I didn't tell you why, which is water creates a soggy pickle, salt leaches out water, just like in prosciutto or anything else, yeah. and we're looking to preserve these as a pickle. You know what I mean? If you don't give them the why, then there is no point in just telling them to do things because they're not going to remember anything. You know, it's like you yeah. have to give them the information to, to, to make these decisions for themselves. And I have a cook that now that he worked for me at Avenues Proper for two years, and then he moved to Chicago and ended up working for the same chef that I did at Avec and then working at a Michelin oh, nice. star restaurant called Elsk. And, you know, what who he is now compared to who he was three years ago is night and day you know i mean he came into the restaurant and like i said he's a great line cook great cook and you know i gave him i gave him some task and i was like oh no i need to like i need to go walk him through it but then i go back there and i realize that he's doing everything right because the people have told him why you do things for a reason you know that i yeah and, and that was like a huge like like great moment to see someone that's that's moved along in their career to where you don't you know I like so we pickle everything at that restaurant and yeah. to not have to explain it to somebody because all the people know why we do what we do and why certain things need to be done a certain way you know from cutting yeah. uh, vegetables for stock you know how long is the stock going to cook is it going to cook for two hours is it going to cook overnight if it's going to cook overnight, the vegetables obviously need to be larger cut than they do if it's only going to go for two hours. You know, I mean, in that, like what you said, the why, the why is the biggest reason. There's a lot of chefs that don't want to give you information because then they feel threatened that you know more than they do. Oh, that was me. That was me. For, oh, that was, you know, it's funny. Was, that was me for a oh, huge, it's just your dude. ego, you know? And like you said, you had, those, oh. you know, your three phases of one being super amped up ready to do it i mean my three phases were super amped up ready to do it second phase was always super scared that my stuff wasn't very good i was a huge asshole wasn't really teaching anybody anything was always trying to do everything myself and failing Uh, miserably and probably being fired from i mean i've been i'll be honest i've been fired from like 10 jobs like just for being a dick just for trying to do everything myself not meeting expectations on other people's end because my plate is just so huge full of stuff and then mm-hmm. to now which is like calm cool most of the time <laughs> uh you know someone that that gets back to that that first person that wants to teach that wants people to succeed 
and that one's a staff that might be smarter than me. <laughs> Dude, that, that, that's exactly, I mean, I mean, like I would, I would categorize my three phases as by different terminology, but that's, yeah, like, like that's how it was. Like at the end, I was like, holy shit, you know, what am I doing? Like, like no one wants to work with me because I'm a huge fucking asshole. I'm not, I, I'm not, you know, like someone pointed out to me once, like at some point they were like, dude, do you realize that like the more, if you hire better people and you have better people around you, you already are in the position. And if you keep hiring better people, one, they're probably going to leave at some point because you're, you're, you need to push them out the door so that they can go on and, and be better. But you're like setting them up for success. But, but your owners are going to just see that you're making good decisions, like hiring fucking badasses. Yeah. Well, back and to like, the more they know, the better, the easier it is. And yeah. Like, and back to like oh. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs always says we don't hire great people to tell them what to do. We hire great people for them to tell us what to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the, the more minds, the better, you know, and, and, you know, yeah. uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that Francis Malman chef table that the guy from Patagonia where, you know, he says that, you know, he hires all, I mean, the guy does amazing things anyway, but, you know, he hires these people and he says, you know, as soon as we reach the peak, as soon as we both think that things couldn't get any better, I, I let him go. I fire him. You know, we have it. He doesn't fire them, but he's like, we part ways because once we reach the top, all that there's left is the plateau. Yeah. He's like, you know, so like I said, he constantly needs people in his, in his, you know, his bevy of employees to push and, and make people better. And, but he needs those ideas and those, but like you said, once, once we, he's reached the top, it's like, all right, it's time to, time to find somebody else, you know? And, and, uh, yeah, like and the, the Steve Jobs thing is great too. You know, I there's no point in hiring someone that knows a lot if you're not going to listen to them. Yeah, no shit, no shit. You know, that's <laughs> like, what's the fucking point? Like, you, you're you're just at that point, you're just being a dick. Yeah, you you're know? being a dick, and and you're, and I mean, you know, I, there's been a lot of times where I, I mean, obviously, like we've run restaurants, and you think that your way is the best, and that's what's going to happen, and then somebody points something out, like, well, what if we put you know the liquor bottles over here so that it's a little bit faster to and you're like that's so stupid no we're not going to do that and then you have to go work over there and you're like damn he's freaking right like this is so dumb like i can't believe and then you have to like go like grovel back and be like oh you know you know like walk your way back and hope that they don't realize that you're just being ignorant and you know i i mean that's happened to me a handful of times at 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 nomad where i'm like no this is this is where this is gonna go or this is where this is how we're gonna do this and then it's in the middle of service and you're like man this isn't really working and they're like yeah we we told you that and you're like all right (laughs) sorry i still my ego just got in the way for a moment yeah and and, and that's what's great about my crew is everyone's like you know we we have a good time and like that's that's my biggest thing and and attitudes for me are a big a big part of this business is is i don't want those like gnarly line cooks that 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 just you know are grumpy and i mean i don't care how good you can cook if you come in and you're you're pissy like adios man like i i just want to have fun and like i said i'll be oh i know i will be i'll be 60s still playing grab ass making dick jokes (laughs) 
<laughs> that'll be me. Like that's just yeah. it's just a part of who I am, and 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 I think a lot of my employees now and and past employees can at least say that that I'm I'm fun to work with if you know in the times that I'm not an ass. <laughs> yeah, we we when our time together made my life better, and you know I'm grateful for A, B, and C, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, what's, what, what's, uh, what are the, any plans for the future? Any, um, any ideas or? Yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, we're talking about a second space in Mill Creek. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that will more than, you know, I think we're about 80% of the way there, um, in, in signing a letter and intent on a space, um, it probably won't, won't open for another year or so. Um, and so in the meantime, we're still looking at some things. I'd love, love to do a taco shop. Um, that's like one of my, you know, one of my dreams. I always, I, you know, we make salsa and, uh, you know, granted we do fish tacos, but you know, I've always had like a, a love for, and this sounds pretty terrible, but, um, I freaking loved Bobby Flay as a young cook. I thought he was just like the shit. I was like, oh, this white guy just, like, killing this, like, Mexican food game. Like, I can do that. And and I found out that he's just a total doofus and an idiot later in life. But um, that's a different story. But I'd love to do a taco shop. I'd love to do a diner. Um, there's a great place in Chicago that we ate at constantly called Dove's Luncheonette. Um, that's also owned by that, by that publican um, Avec crew. Um, one-off hospitality mm-hmm. i think is the name and uh the executive chef's paul Kahn, who's just an amazing guy um but uh, i'd love to do a, a kind of southwestern diner kind of a thing um you know i i think nomad will i didn't i didn't think i thought for sure it'd just be a one-off place um but the more right. that i'm there the more that i see that um like I said, a place for everybody. There's something, something for everybody there. And, and the way that we, <clears throat> not just like the style of the restaurant and how warm it feels when you walk in, but just the, the hospitality of the whole place, um, you know, makes me feel like it, it would be successful anywhere, but also that it's like kind of, I don't know if you ever worked in a place where you legitimately feel like it's needed, you know, where it's like, it's like mind blowing as far as the concept or the food or anything like that. But just like I've worked in a few of like some neighborhood kind of a place and where you feel like, and and Nomad feels like it's needed out on the West side, you know, granted we're the, you know, besides Taco Bell and Wendy's, of course it's needed um, to have something that's made by hand out there. But um, you know, just the camaraderie of the people that come in. And, you know, we get a lot of people from L3 that see people from the Air National Guard that they've seen a few times, you know, and, and yeah. they'll strike up conversations. And, you know, it's kind of a meeting place out there for lunch, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, you know, I, I think Nomad definitely has a, a place other than out in meth country. So. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, I, like I said, my awesome. my investor doesn't want to stop uh, opening places. So, um, I mean, at least that's what he says now. So I'll I'll hold him I'll hold him to it. Nice, nice. Yeah, my uh, I worked with this one guy a, a long time ago, and and he 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 was 
super smart. He's from he is from Oaxaca, and he and his brother were like pastry chefs by by trade. But he was a fantastic chef, and he would be like, "You don't make money when you own one restaurant. You make money when you own five. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like I was like I was like 22, and I'm like, "That doesn't ah, make any fucking sense." <laughs> give me another bong rip over here. You know, like I don't understand what the fuck you're saying. I gotta I gotta expand my mind. Yeah. Um, but no, and then and then the other one was like, you don't make money when you own a restaurant; you make money when you sell them. And I'm yes. like, yeah, that's that's my investor. That's that's how my investor sees it. He's like, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get out of this nomad thing, and it's gonna be awesome. I was like, well, I kind of like it. Like, I don't know, I don't know if I, I think I've grown more attached to it in the past year than than I I ever imagined I would. You know, at first, um, he knows the guys that own the four food groups that just bought R and R and. Um, yeah and meters and he was like he's like we need to open two more of these and then they're going to be he's like they're already interested but they'll be interested in buying it i'm just like a i don't know if i'm organized enough uh in the office aspect that they'd want to buy anything because they i mean we don't have we have like recipes but they're like handwritten on like legal pads covered in like coffee spills and like smashed up skittles and like it's you know, we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants out there. So I, I think if anybody with any business sense came in, they'd be like, this is a disaster. We're not buying this. Like, how do you guys know the cash they... register at night? Oh, it's on a sticky note attached to the inside of the register. Like that's, that's, yeah, but that's what, right that's what they bring. That's what, but the, those, I, I, um, Oh, what is the guy? Riker Brown, I think is one of yeah, the Riker. main yeah. guys over there. Yeah. I mean, I, I've reached out to them on a, uh, I, I just, took a whim like a while back and was was doing some work with uh like waffle loves hub is right mm-hmm. there by yeah, their yeah. office and so i like i stopped in and i was like i just i mean just a shot in the dark like but uh, i think i think those those companies you know like like uh what's the other fucking restaurant company giant darden yeah you know like like they'll come in and they'll they'll see like they, those kinds of people like they think on like for you and i like we think on a really high, high level as far as like restaurant operation and like creativity and food and like how the ambiance and all that kind of shit their thinking is not any worse or better than ours it's just it's just fucking different they're just way better like at they're, excel they're, than i am <laughs> that's how i well yeah I I mean, always say. Pre- it's like oh you got some people that are really good at excel like if they want to buy it, that's yeah. fine. But I'm gonna to need to see if they can add two cells together because I have no clue how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, what's funny is I'm I'm like a button pusher, and uh-huh. I had someone teach me like the basic ways to do like an addition formula or a multiplication <laughs> formula. And I taught my over the and like like I sit down my boss now. He's like a fucking Excel. Like he'll do like we we were doing this weird spreadsheet for something having to do with my job and then he like went through and like I was like here's the first incarnation here's what I'm doing now and because of the way his mind works he like went through in two minutes and like he's like so I think you should do it like this and I'm like okay I just that's the very first thing you gave me <laughs> and he's like what and I'm like you just I was like, I told you, like you and I, I was like, you and I have discussed that my mind doesn't work like yours and that way that you have it set up at the beginning didn't work for me and this one works for me. Yeah. 
and but now you're changing it back to the one that works for you and i'm like i'm not you you can't do that yeah and he was like oh yeah but and uh, and then I tried to like do like some graph for him, and he's like, "Don't even bother, dude. I'll just critique it." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, fuck, man. I, I, yeah, it's a okay. no-win situation. You know, I know I'm not a skill those office but... guys. <laughs> yeah, we but, have like, um, like, yeah, we have a clown that comes in, and he's always trying to trying to teach me how to like track things, and I'm always at first of all, I'm always like, I have maybe six minutes a day between like washing yeah. the windows, mowing the lawn scooping water off the roof you know trying to fix the ac and run a kitchen you know so he's he's constantly being like why can't you just enter these things into this spreadsheet i'm like i just i don't really want to man like i'll be be blatant honest with you i just don't want to do it (laughs) it's it's down the list of importance way down yeah and i i constantly tell him too that like well once we own two or three of these places i can hire somebody to do this and then he just looks at me with a blank stare. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that didn't go over very well. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, man. Any, uh, any parting words for this Sunday that now we're uh, mid? You know, it's the, it's the Lord's Day. There's not a cloud in the sky. And I'll probably uh, do what most restaurateurs do on their one day off, which is sleep. Lots of sleep. Lovely so yeah no it's it's been great talking to you like i said it's been you know uh we meet a lot of people in this industry you know whether from customers food purveyors employees and you know it's always nice to to meet somebody that that you connect with as much as as you and i do and you know i i know i'm i'm terrible at texting back and you know i can be a pain in the ass as just as much as anybody else but uh, it's it's good talking to you and and good to have you as a friend as well as as a colleague no i i i feel the same uh, i feel the same exact way and um man we're we're just just getting to know each other so it's it's pretty awesome i i can't wait to continue on with this journey whether and it's really funny i have a chef down and, and i'll finish with this but whether we do business or, or don't do business, like, like there's some people that you just like connect with and you're like, fuck man, I, I want to get to know that person. And I have, I have one chef down in, in, uh, in Provo that's like that. Uh, and then, uh, and you and like, Hey, if we do business, that's an added bonus, but I'm glad that yeah. like I stumbled across meeting you and fuck man. Like, no, absolutely. Um, I have, I have some things in the works that we'll talk about another time. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's uh, it's it's been cool, man. And I've had yeah, I've had so much fun just listening to listening to your stories today. It's been awesome. Yeah, I, so I really appreciate you. it. No, man, my pleasure. I will. Uh, I'm sure I'll see you this week sometime. So have a Absolutely. great rest of your day. All right, man. Talk to you later. All right, bud. All right, bye. Later.